This is Talking Business. I'm joined now by Anita Mustak, who's the Managing Director for LaSalle Investment Management in Australia and New Zealand. Welcome, Anita. Good to have you. Thanks, Alan. Good to be here. Now, um, LaSalle is a property investment management business. What do you do there? Yeah, that's right. So LaSalle manages about $90 billion of uh, real estate, private equity and uh, listed capital. And my role is to be the representative for LaSalle in Australia and New Zealand. So I speak to uh, super funds, sovereign wealth funds and understand their strategy for their real estate investment portfolio and bring them relevant opportunities that LaSalle has uh, from our global platform worldwide. So we are in North America, Europe and in Asia. Um, and we are investing $90 billion worth of capital on behalf of our clients. And your clients are what, mainly pension funds, super funds? Yeah, mainly uh, super funds in Australia, but globally there's sovereign wealth funds, uh, there is pension funds, there is um, high net worths, there is uh uh, insurance companies, family offices, so it's pretty broad. So what's your selling point when you talk to potential clients? What do you tell them about why they should invest with you? Well, uh, LaSalle always acts as a fiduciary for our clients. Um, we are one of the largest uh, real estate investment managers globally, and we are truly global, both in terms of our platform, so we can invest for you um, nearly anywhere uh, globally except for developing markets, and we are also global in terms of our client base. So so we have clients from all around the world. Right, but do you, do you, do you promote the service as uh, a good return or oh, providing sort of diversity? Oh, both. Look, I think um, it has to be a good return at the end of the day. I mean, uh, that's really what investors are seeking. They're seeking a good risk-adjusted return. So uh, what, is the, what is the return? I confess I tried and failed to find out what it is on, you, on the website. Well, that's one of the interesting things about LaSalle is that we can invest across the risk-return spectrum for you. So we can invest in core real estate, um, uh, core plus value-add and opportunistic real estate. So the returns can be anywhere from, say, 3% uh, in a whole loan. So that's a, essentially um, uh, you know, almost investing in a term deposit, but a real estate term deposit, right up until uh, you know, 30% plus uh, IRRs for the more opportunistic products if you're investing in, let's say, logistics in China. So it's really broad. Oh, so you do invest in logistics in China, for example. It's not just sort of... Um shopping centres and uh, office buildings and so on? No, no. So um, we invest across the asset classes. So it's the traditional asset classes you mentioned, but then there's also logistics in China, there's medical office buildings in uh, the US, there is multifamily assets in the UK. It's really broad. Do you know much about the history of the business? Because um, I think it started as Jones Lang Wooden or uh, is is it's owned by Jones Lang Wooden um, globally, is that right? Which goes back a long way. Yeah, so Jones Lang Wooten uh, has a long history and they merged with LaSalle. So the company uh, that's listed on the New York Stock Exchange and is a Fortune 500 company is Jones Lang LaSalle and they then have two wholly owned subsidiaries. So there's JLL, which is the huge, uh, there's 80,000 employees globally and they provide um, you know, leasing services, capital markets. Uh, they uh, 
uh, bro- uh, real estate brokers and real estate agents. And then separately to that, there's the investment management business, which is LaSalle. And that's much smaller in terms of the number of people. So there's about 800 people in 20 offices. And uh, we are the investment management entity. So we're completely separate, acting as a fiduciary for our clients investing in real estate. And we will use the services of JLL, our sister company at times, but uh, we'll also use other uh, other of their competitors in the market as well. Right. Now, you've also got something called Docatella, mm-hmm. which I think is your a private thing. Tell us about that. What is it private? Is it just you or your thing? Uh, so I started it. Um, so I founded Docatella in uh, 2017. And basically the background to this is um, that in rural areas in Australia, mental health is a huge issue. So there's a suicide rate that's between 60 to 100% higher, depending on the um, statistics that you're looking at. Um, and unfortunately, it's a common tragedy in those areas. And the problem is that there is a real shortage of services. Um, so only about 3% of psychiatrists live outside the major cities. So you've got a huge problem and no services for these people. So uh, in 2017, I founded an online video conferencing platform, and that provides specialist doctors, mainly psychiatrists, to people in rural and regional areas. And it means that anyone in a rural and regional area can walk into their local GP practice and can have the specialty care that you would get in a major city. But in fact, it's actually better because um, it's quicker. So you would wait weeks or months to see one of these um, specialists in person. But because we can draw from all around Australia, you can have an appointment within 48 hours. It's also more affordable. So uh, the government has provided an incentive for treating patients in rural and regional areas, which means that the patients don't pay anything. So if you saw one of our uh, doctors in person in the city, you'd pay $300 out of pocket uh, approximately. But Uh, because of the government funding, you don't pay anything. And it's also an innovative shared care model. So it's working with local GPs. They are really have a pivotal role in these communities. They've often been treating a patient and their family for a long time, but sometimes if uh, someone's not improving, they need specialist attention. And people have their appointments from their GP practice, so the GP can actually be involved in a shared care model, which is quite an innovative model uh, that's not often used in medicine. So you're using a room, a spare room in the GP's um, in the clinic, is that right? Exactly. Right. And the, so the GP doesn't have to be present in the room, it's just the, the, the patient goes off to the room and there's a video conferencing screen there. Well, yes, that's right. So the GP doesn't stay for the whole session, but they come in at the end um, and they say to the specialist, okay, you know, what's the plan? What do you think my patient needs? And the specialist says, well, you know, I think they need X, Y, and Z medication. The GP can say, oh, no, we've already tried that or, you know, that didn't work for uh, uh, their mother because, you know, for whatever reasons. Um, and then they agree um, collaboratively between them what the treatment plan will be going forward. And the GP writes the prescription. That's right. They do. Right. Mm. So the GP stays involved and really has sort of carriage of the um, patient from that perspective. And that differs to uh, usually when a GP refers someone to go see a specialist, they don't even get any uh, communication back. They're often the patient's coming back and they're saying, so what did the specialist recommend? And the patient's saying, oh, look, they recommended some medication, but I can't remember the name. And obviously that's not ideal from the perspective of the patient. So having both doctors involved in your care uh, results in much better outcomes for the patients. Well, what a fantastic idea, Anita. Mm, yeah, we think so. It's great. <laughs> oh, it is fantastic. Why is it called Docatella? What does it mean? Uh, so Docatella is actually, um, it's a combination of two uh, words from Aboriginal dialects. So um, 
doco means doctor and uh, tellum in, I think it's Tiwi means uh, to talk. Right. So it means to essentially talk to your doctor. I reckon it should be something that happens in the city, not just the bush. <laughs> well, so do we, but unfortunately there's no uh, Medicare funding for that at oh, the moment. So you've got, you've got full Medicare funding. This is So have you got approval for it to be um, bulk billed, have you? So at the moment, yes. But um, the uh, really scary thing is that the government actually in its most recent review of the um, Medicare item numbers is proposing to cut funding for these services which we are really horrified about because this is right at the time when they're needed the most. Um, it's at the, ta- the time of you know drought and fire in regional areas and people are really going to need these services after what they've been going through. And um, so the fact that the most recent review, which was actually just released in August, is um, looking to cut this funding is uh, really disappointing. So what, the, they would have a lower... Uh, dollar amount for the particular item numbers, would they? That's exactly right, um, which essentially means that uh, the it wouldn't be worthwhile for the doctors to, or the doctors wouldn't be able to bulk build patients for the services they're providing. We wouldn't be able to attract specialists to our platform um, to provide these services. And uh, that means that the thousands of patients that are getting treated each month around Australia at the moment wouldn't have access to these services anymore. Hmm, that's terrible. Well, um, we need to... We need to write to our MPs, everybody. We need to make this happen. <laughs> this is uh... no. That's that's exactly what we're doing at the moment. And you know, I'd really encourage any of your listeners out there that um, are MPs themselves, or that no MPs or are in regional areas and can speak to their local MP, um, and uh, really raise this as an issue because um, you know they call it the postcode problem in regional areas. Unfortunately, a lot of people just aren't getting the same services that um, people are getting in the cities, and you know it's such a crucial role that um, these communities are playing and it's uh, they really need this support. So it's it's something that is extremely important and, uh, you know, we really hope that uh, this funding cut doesn't go ahead. So is Docatella a business or a charity? Uh, it's a social enterprise. So it looks to um, make a sustainable um, amount of money that's basically invested straight back into the business. Um, so its its purpose is as important as the fact that it's got to be sustainable and um, and um, make, uh, make a uh, not necessarily a profit, but it has to be sustainable from a financial perspective. But it's not registered as a charity, right? But and you're not you're not pulling a profit out no, of it. It's no, just that's right. Staying in there. Mm-hmm. It's something you're doing on the side. That's right. Well, good for you, Anita. Oh, thank you. More power to your arm. Good on you. Thank you. Thanks for talking to us today. Thanks, Alan. I've been talking to Anita Mustak, who is the managing director of LaSalle Investment Management Australia and New Zealand, and also the founder and operator on the side of Docatella.com.au.